Hey, my friend, good morning. It is a beautiful Monday morning. I am sitting, looking out the window at the North Platte River, and it's absolutely gorgeous. The sun's getting ready to pop up over the horizon here in a few minutes. And today we're going to talk about transactions. Now, a lot of people may not even realize it, but a lot of people have their whole history of their relationships are about transactions. I'm going to do something for you, so you'll do something for me. I'm going to interact with you so that I can kind of manage this thing and and turn it into what I intend for it to be. And if you think about it right, all of your transactions that you have with other people are going to leave a mark in some way. If we understand that our brain chemistry, our memories, our mood, the way that our thought processes work all come out of a set of experiences and synapses that are built over the course of a lifetime, then you should realize that every time you interact with another person, you're effectively operating not only on your own brain, but also on theirs. And so I want to flip that idea of transactions and our relationships around from what can I get out of this to what can I give out of this. So if we think about interacting with other people rather than transacting with them, let's start thinking about transforming our relationships by the power of our words and the ability that we have to wield the scalpel of self-brain surgery and brain surgery on other people. You know, archaeologists have found that as far back as 5000 BC, there's evidence that people have been doing surgery on other people's skulls, possibly on their brains, because they found all these specimens of people that had holes drilled into their heads. And some of them even show remodeling, which means that the person survived that primitive brain surgery and went on to live after it. That process was called trephination, sometimes called trepanation without the H, but trephination is the more common term. And so the idea is that people all the way back throughout history have recognized that sometimes you need to operate on somebody else's brain. Now, obviously, I'm a descendant of those guys, and I make my living doing that along with spinal surgery. But every time you interact with another person, You need to view that as brain surgery because you're leaving a mark. You're creating a synapse. You're doing something that's going to transform that person's life for good or for bad. Remember our theme verse for this Infinitely Happier series is Proverbs 17, 27, and 28. And in the Passion Translation, I love how it's worded. Can you bridle your tongue when your heart is under pressure? That's how you show that you're wise. An understanding heart keeps you cool, calm, and collected no matter what you're facing And my friend, that is one of the secrets to becoming infinitely happier. For yourself, can you learn how to bridle your tongue? Can you learn how to bridle your brain, manage your thoughts? And if you can, if you can manage your tongue, then your whole life gets better. If you can manage your words, if you can understand that your words have incredible power to drill into the the skull, into the mind, into the soul of the people that you're interacting with, then you can become much more discerning and wise about awesome and phenomenal power of being brain surgeons all the time to other people and to ourselves. And we're going to go all the way back to Hippocrates who taught us that our prime directive is primum non nocere, first no harm. Our prime directive in all of our interactions with other people should always be not to leave a negative mark on them. And we're going to talk about trepanation and drilling holes in other people's heads and how to follow the prime directive to never do harm. And we're going to start today. Hey, are you ready to change your life? If the answer is yes, there's only one rule. You have to change your mind first. And my friend, there's a place where the neuroscience of how your mind works smashes together with faith and everything starts to make sense. That place is called self-brain surgery. You can learn it, and it will help you become healthier, feel better, and be happier. 
And the good news is you can start today. Thanks, Lisa. Hey, so glad to have you listening today. I'm Dr. Lee Warren, and I live in Nebraska in the United States of America with my incredible wife, Lisa, my father-in-law, Tata, and the super pups, Harvey and Lewis. I'm a neurosurgeon and an author, and I'm here to help you harness neuroscience, the power of your brain, faith, the power of your spirit, and good old common sense to help you lead a healthier, better, happier life. Listen, friend, you can't change your life until you change your mind, and I'm here to help you learn the art of self-brain surgery to get it done if you'd like the show. Please subscribe so you never miss an episode and tell your friends about it. If you tell two or three friends this podcast was helpful to you, imagine how much good we can all do around the world together. I'm Dr. Lee Warren, and I'm here to help you change your mind so you can change your life. Let's get after it. Okay, this isn't going to take very long today because I think the point makes itself. But as far back as 5000 BC, there's been evidence that people are doing skull surgery on one another, treffening somebody else's head whether it was some of the writings from Galen and other talk about um, different injuries that people have where they need to go and peel bone fragments out of their brain. Or uh, in ancient China, apparently, they thought that taking a, a bone disc out of somebody's head, if they were still alive, would give you power to ward off evil spirits. And so there's been all kinds of reasons. Uh, there's been some uh, ancient Egyptian literature about letting evil spirits or evil humors out of somebody's head by drilling a hole, maybe creating some sort of event or something. But the idea is that people have been drilling into other people's heads all the time. But I want you to realize today that every time you interact with somebody else, the words that you say have the power to create new synapses and memories and affect the brain chemistry and the destiny of those people. I don't know if you had somebody in your life when you were little that spoke words of encouragement or hope to you. I had a doctor who was kind of a a hero in our family. Walter Barnes was his name. And when I was a little boy, he put his hand on my shoulder and he said, Lee, you could do anything. You could be a doctor if you wanted to. And I'm certain that that, because he, I looked up to him, that that little bit of encouragement to this kid from a small town in the middle of nowhere, Oklahoma, made me believe in myself in a way that I grew up and became a brain surgeon. Like a, that, that little bit of encouragement changed the arc of how I saw myself. All too often, that happens in the wrong direction. Somebody says, kid, you'll never amount to anything. You're lazy. You're stupid. You're fat. You're ugly. You're, you, you don't have it. You don't have what it takes, or you should give up. You shouldn't bother dreaming about that because it's never going to happen. Those words literally are just like you drilled a hole in somebody's head and you did brain surgery to change the way their brain and their heart and their mind and their spirit function. And that is an awesome power. Listen, I am licensed by the state of Nebraska and the state of Wyoming and the state of Colorado to perform brain surgery. It's legal for me. I am allowed to take you to the operating room and make an incision in your scalp and drill a hole in your skull and do something inside your head. Now, God forbid that I was careless about that. What if I decided to, to take you to the operating room and drill a hole in your head just for fun, Because you, even if you didn't need it? What if I was reckless with my application of the skills that I have learned how to use over the years? Well, I've seen people, and you have too, unfortunately, and I hope it's not us, but I've seen people who use their words like scalpels and sometimes just to make themselves feel better. If you're under pressure, remember that verse we read? You're having a bad day, something's bothering you, you're stressed out about something, and so it makes you feel better to vent or blow up on somebody else. Well, friend, that's just like taking that scalpel and cutting into somebody when they don't actually need the surgery. 
You're doing it because it's fun for you or it helps you in some way. Now, we talked, uh, I mentioned before that I wanted to talk about transactional relationships. I, I, I've known some people in my life that never, and I don't mean actually never, I'm not trying to be hyperbolic here, but, but they seem to have a, a great percentage of all of their interactions aimed at gaining something or getting something or or doing something to the other person. If they called you, you could bet that they were going to work themselves around to asking you for something. If you saw, if they stopped you in the hall, you could just about bet every time that the conversation was going to lead to an ask or a tell or something that they intended to get out of that transaction. And that's how surgery sort of is, right? I mean, you have a particular issue, a brain tumor or back pain or something. You're coming to me. You're paying the hospital, and I'm performing a procedure, and I'm giving something, and you're getting something, and you're giving me something in exchange. That's a transaction, sure. But what I'm talking about is there are some people who every interaction has to be a transaction that they always intend for everything to turn out to benefit them in some way. Now, as a surgeon, if I intended for every operation to benefit me, then I could make the focus of my practice be more about the economics than about the medicine, right? And we all know We've heard stories about doctors that do surgeries that might not be completely necessary, and that's terrible. But we would rather have all of our interactions be transformative to where when I interact with you, I leave you with something that benefits you in some way. Think about going through Starbucks, right? It could be just a pure transaction. I need a large vanilla latte. That's going to be six bucks or whatever it is. I hand you the credit card, you hand me the coffee, the transaction's over, and, and we both go on our separate ways, right? No harm, no foul. You you got the money, I got the coffee, we're done. Or it could be where your great mood rubs off on me. You've got a big smile, you're very kind, you greet me well, you make me feel noticed, and I leave that interaction feeling better about my day, which then when I get to the office, I'm a little friendlier, I'm more kind to somebody because you started that chain reaction, right? So instead of a transaction where it was just a pure business deal, we ended up where you benefited me, made my day better, and I pass that on to somebody else. We've all seen that. Somebody pays for coffee, you, you pull through the line and somebody says, oh, the, the guy in front of you paid for your coffee. And it just changes your whole day, right? That's a transformative interaction. But in order to get to that, then you've got to be purposeful just like me when I'm planning surgery, you got to be purposeful that when you go out today, you're going to be looking for opportunities to transform an interaction rather than just transact with other people. So if the idea is that every time we interact with somebody, we can inadvertently or on purpose affect their brain chemistry and the arc of their life, then we need to be understand that the words that we speak have great power. The Bible's full of examples of talking about how important it is to watch out for the way in which you use your words. Uh, look at Psalm uh, 141.3 in the NIV. It says, set a guard over my mouth, Lord. Keep watch over the door of my lips. He's, he's praying in advance, hey God, help me to not be a moron with my words. Help me not to be evil with my words. Help me not to be dangerous or damaging with my words. Put a guard over them. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Proverbs 10.19 talks about the power of the problem with too much talking. Too much talk leads to sin, 
Be sensible and keep your mouth shut. Proverbs 10, 31, the mouth of the godly person gives wise advice, but the tongue that deceives will be cut off. One of your best surgical instruments that you can use to bring great power and benefit to other people is to use kind words and give people good advice that's aimed at bettering them and not aimed at bettering you. Proverbs twelve eighteen: the words of the reckless pierce like swords, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. If you're reckless with your words, you might as well be drilling that drill into somebody's head and not even being careful of how deep you drill because you're going to hurt somebody if you do that. Proverbs 15.1, a gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Proverbs 15.2, the tongue of the wise commends knowledge, but the mouths of the fool pours out folly. One of my favorites, Proverbs 15.4, a gentle tongue is a tree of life, but perverseness breaks the spirit. So think about if I'm in the operating room and I have my instruments and I'm performing surgery on you, you would want me to be gentle and careful handling your delicate brain tissue, right? Not reckless and fast and and rough, right? And yet sometimes we are reckless and fast and rough with our words and we are boring holes into skulls and we are making synapses and doing damage and injuring people that sometimes can last for the rest of their lives. And you don't want that, friend. You don't want to be reckless. There's Archaeologists have found some skulls where trepanation occurred and they didn't get all the way through the skull or they appeared to have fractured uh, the bone around the hole that they were trying to drill. And obviously those guys were on the learning curve of learning how to deal with the tissue that they were trying to operate on. And sometimes we obviously make mistakes. We use our words inappropriately. We say things or we do go into interactions and have a transactional mindset. And sometimes that's just the way it is. But if you are careful and wise and purposeful about how you approach other people in your interactions, then you'll be a much better brain surgeon. Proverbs twenty one twenty three: watch your tongue and keep your mouth shut and you'll stay out of trouble. Proverbs twenty five eleven: like apples of gold and settings of silver is a word spoken in the right circumstances. So I just want to give you all of these little bits of tools. I told you before, having scripture in your pocket, like little verses that you can memorize or keep handy, have read them enough that they come back to you in the right minute. That is incredibly powerful and transformational. It's better than just pure meditation. It's better than just having, you know, the farmer's almanac or some some wise uh, book of wise sayings. The, the scripture has a power to it that has the, the ability of the Holy Spirit to recall it in your mind, and it comes back to you, and it really makes a difference. Matthew twelve thirty seven: the words you say will either acquit you or condemn you. Think about that one for a second. The words you say will either acquit you or condemn you. Do you want to be a person who other people realize, hey, they always just want, they're after something from me when we interact, or they always have a negative word to say? And that leaves a mark, doesn't it? So be careful with how you perform the surgery that you perform on other people, because realizing it or not, you're changing other people's memories, their perception of themselves, their ability to believe in themselves over the future, especially if you're interacting with children. Friend, you are performing surgery on your kid's heart every time you interact with them. Every time you talk to your child, you're shaping and forming how they see themselves, what they believe themselves to be capable of. And that is an awesome, amazing responsibility and power. You know, the book of James in the New Testament is like the practical Christian handbook. And it's full of little practical tidbits of how we live the Christian life. And James one twenty six says, If you claim to be religious, but you don't control your tongue, fooling yourself. 
and your religion is worthless. If I didn't control my scalpel and my drill and my instruments, then I would be reckless and I would lose my license and possibly go to jail because I wouldn't be a very good doctor. Well, you're not a very good spiritual person if you don't learn how to control your tongue. It's just the point makes itself. James 3, 3 through 6 is the, is the bottom line. The tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches, but a tiny spark can set a great forest on fire. And among all the parts of the body, the tongue is a flame of fire. It is a whole world of wickedness corrupting your entire body. It can set your whole life on fire, for it is set on fire by hell itself. Friend, the tongue has the power to make life or bring death, to perform good surgery that helps people or bad surgery that hurts people. And every time you interact with another person, you are treffening their skull just like we've been doing to each other for thousands and thousands of years. And the whole point of me bringing this to you today is I don't want your transactional relationships to be damaging to other people. I don't want your decision to make yourself feel better by venting on somebody to damage your marriage or your relationship with your family or your work. I want you to be a tree of life. I want you to be a good surgeon. I want you to be helpful other people. First Peter 3.10, I'll leave, you, I'll leave you with this. If you want to enjoy life and see many happy days, keep your tongue from speaking evil and your lips from telling lies. Actually, I'll throw in one more bonus, James 3.10. And so blessing and cursing come pouring out of the same mouth. Surely, my brothers and sisters, this isn't right. You don't want to use your tongue for good and for evil. I'll read First Peter 3.10 one more time. If you want to enjoy life, friend, and see many happy days, keep your tongue from speaking evil and your lips from telling lies. Listen, we've been operating on each other for thousands and thousands and thousands of years. It's just what we do. Humans interact with each other, and in so doing, we change how our brains work. My behavior, my mood, my affect affects your course of the rest of your life, and yours affects mine. So let's be good surgeons. Let's first do no harm. Let's be careful where we're drilling those holes and how we're behaving and the mark that we leave behind because it always leaves a mark. Let's bridle our tongue when our heart's under pressure. Let's be good self-brain surgeons, but also good surgeons to our patients and our friends and our children and our spouses. It's self-brain surgery. It's biblical. It's consistent with neuroscience and it's good self-care. I want you to be careful that your transactions are rather shaped into transformations. We're not trefining people in ways that are harmful, but we're actually performing helpful procedures to other people because we're learning how to use the power of our words for good and not for evil. And we're learning that starting today. Hey, thanks for listening. Please subscribe to the show so you automatically get every episode. And if you like the show, you'll love my weekly letter. Check out my writing at drleewarren.substack.com, drleewarren.substack.com. Get the free newsletter every week for my best prescriptions for becoming healthier, feeling better, and being happier through the power of faith and neuroscience smashing together via self-brain surgery, drleewarren.substack.com. And if you need prayer, go to the prayer wall at wleewarrenmd.com slash prayer. The theme music for the show is Make Us One by Tommy Walker, graciously provided for free by the great folks over at tommywalkerministries.org. Check it out and consider supporting them, tommywalkerministries.org. Remember, you can't change your life until you change your mind. And the good news is you can start today. I'm Dr. Lee Warren. I'll talk to you soon. God bless you, friend. Have a great day.